Welcome to The Business Grind, where we give you an inside perspective on what it takes to start, build, and run a successful business. Here are your hosts, Danny Shaw and Sean Michael Wellington. All right. Hello to everyone in podcast land today. Thanks for joining us, Sean. How you feeling? Feeling good and ready to do another, oh, let's call it a docu-series review, not a, doc- a movie, doc- I guess. Docu-series but. review. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Cool. Uh, for sure. So, yeah, for uh, today's episode, we're going to be discussing The Pez Outlaw, which is a documentary movie on Netflix that's Aaron. Um, yeah. And we're going to talk about the story of who The Pez Outlaw uh, is or was and all the characters involved in this uh, wild and crazy story and some of the business lessons we can get from it as well, right? Yeah, and I mean, before we kick it off, I guess, did you, uh, were you a Pez eater as a kid? Did you have a Pez dispenser and, um, and yeah, eat that candy? Yeah, I mean, I did. I did eat Pez and I did have Pez dispensers, but I am not going to try to oversell it like I was a hardcore Pez fan. Like, there are some hardcore Pez fan eaters collectors and so forth uh i was not one of those but i did eat, eat them every now and then for sure yeah man i mean i can't remember the ex- exact dispensers i had as a kid but i do remember always having them and like you would always break them real easily too i remember that about them so. oh, okay true true i think i will say my i probably not that i know more about pez but i watch seinfeld a lot and they have that pez episode that i always watch actually so that's usually what comes to mind when I, someone says pez usually it's that's just, a classic episode yeah, that was tweety bird yeah. if i remember correctly it was a tweety bird yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly so yeah where would you like to begin because this is a relatively short movie but i just felt like there was a lot going on and a lot to consider before we start giving the review um we, we could start one or two places we can either talk a little bit about the product itself and its business and it's like history and give context or we could talk about like like the main character, the, the Pez outlaw himself. I, so um, let's, yeah, that's a good point. So we can talk about, let's, maybe we should introduce some of the main characters first, right? And then start talking about the storyline, right? Because I, I literally had to watch this, I think, two times to get full comprehension of what was going on. So for the main characters, we have Steve, right? Steve Glue. He was the... Steve Glue. He is... The outlaw in the Pez outlaw. <laughs> he is the guy, the main character, the outlaw. Uh, and then, you know, you have his family, his wife, his son, I think his daughter as well, right? So that's the core. But then you have some of these other players. Uh, you have the Pez International Office, right? Then you have the Pez U.S. Base Office right Mm -hmm. then you have characters from the pez collector community right um i feel like those are and we'll get we'll start identifying people from those different buckets soon and enough an episode but i think that's a good overview of the main characters at the moment am i missing anyone do you think someone else should be introduced at the moment or no no, I think for now that's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, and along the lines of the characters, I'm just curious. We don't got to go into it too much, but how did you feel about like storytelling style with the reenactments and stuff like that? Because it, it, it was a little over the top, right? <laughs> he said, right? Uh, it was a little. 
it was a little dramatic and comedic, but at the same time as I'm hearing these stories and trying to play it in my own mind, some of them situations sounded a bit crazy and wild. So even from a serious context. So maybe the reenactments were somewhat accurate, just a little over dramatic in some areas. But even if you're yeah. just telling me these stories one for one, I'm definitely going to look at you like you're crazy. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you thought it was too much. Maybe sometimes, but maybe not. We're we'll, going to get into it. Nah, yeah. nah, don't flip flop, Sean. Don't, don't change your mind. We do this. <laughs> stick with it. Stick with it. All right. So, uh, all right. So let's start off with Steve, the Pez outlaw himself. Right. Yeah. Um, where would you like to begin? Well, he kind of, um, he was battling depression a little bit right and with his job like Mm -hmm. dead end job situation and he he found some some purpose some like life by collecting these pest dispensers right that was Mm kind of his motivation Mm -hmm. right right but let's let's step back into a little bit to how he got even into this world right Mm -hmm. Um, okay Okay. yeah so initially because of like you said his depression and stuff he was collecting box tops and from cereals and packaged goods and stuff like that and we're using these, uh, you know, those free promos. They say, uh, send X amount of box tops, you get free toys and X, Y, and Z. Um, and that's what he was doing. But he did it so much, he exploited the system to such an extreme that they had to change the rules. So nowadays, when you see these free promotions and things like that, and you see in the fine print, it's like one household per entry or one you know one person one resident it's actually because of him because he used to just go crazy with those things with those promos before he got into the pez game right right and it kind of reminded me of and i can't remember if we reviewed that or not but remember the doc where the guy actually got the helicopter that was ah uh, yeah 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 the pepsi where's my jet <laughs> yes where's my, yes, exactly. yes yes exactly so that's kind of his early beginnings before he got into the Pez game and because he was getting all those toys for free from the cereal company and so forth you know he took those free toys and would go to toy shows and toy fairs and those collector events and sell the free toys he did get for free at a profit so that's kind of how he got into it and then by being on those scenes he got introduced into the the Pez community <laughs> of collectors and so forth and then uh forget the lady's name but she introduced him to the secret world of pez and pez toys and collecting and told him where he can get the good stuff at yeah yeah she was the one who kind of put him on to the uh to the market exactly exactly so this is where it started getting all bits of wonky for me uh so my understanding is that one you have the U.S. Pez office and the European Pez office, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And they're related, but then there's di- different jurisdictions and different rules. Apparently, uh, the licensing deal that the American offices had, uh, you know, they had to write the right to reject uh, designs and so forth that wouldn't make it to the U.S. market, and those designs would just stay in Europe and stuff like that, and. If you were able to get those designs that wasn't an avail- available in the U.S. market, you would essentially, you know, be able to sell them at a considerable markup and make a nice profit. 
So whether this lady was that introduced him, you know, sent him and or kind of guided him to go on a mission to these factories in Europe. And essentially without any contacts or connects, he just went over there looking for Pez connects. Is, is that your understanding as well, Sean? Yeah, like he kind of went blind a little bit, right? My man had no connects, no plug, nothing. He just went over there uh, to get these Pez and try to, you know, um, but find them and sell them, uh, buy them, and then resell them back in the U.S. market. Um, and along the way, you know, he had adventure adventures over there, getting pulled over by police in the middle of the night. Like it was, it was real crazy, just for some Pez. Um, but I think what was the interesting part was that, depending on who's telling the story, he had made some friends and accomplices uh, in the European Pez factories. Yeah. That's my take from yeah, it. Yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, accomplices is an interesting word because it implies the the, the dark criminal nature behind what they're doing, right? I'm, I, so, listen, I'm I'm listen. I got thoughts, but go ahead. I'm using that word accomplice on this. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree with you though. I think it's just interesting how. Right. I mean, and it's even it juxtaposes the way this documentary is kind of presented with these bright colors and these right candy, but you got like this all the CD behavior behind it. It's just, oh, it's, it's mad really CD. It's crazy CD. So he goes to these European fa- the European factory, makes some connections with designers and production people at the European offices who. I guess we're not happy that their designs wasn't being approved to go in the U.S. market. So they're giving him Pez, you know, high prio, high sought after Pez models and makes. And he's bringing them back to the U.S. and selling it on the black, quote unquote. It's not even the black market, but just the unofficial market. The way he was able to get around this initially early on was because he had all like duffel bags full of Pez from Europe, brings it back to the US. But when you go through customs at US, uh, there are a licenses agreement. This is where the US Pez company got caught up. There's licenses and there's trademark agreements and stuff like that. And you can still have a license and a trademark for something, but then you still have to record or report this uh, uh, legal authority that you have over this product or service with the customs office. So even though you have it, you still have to take the next step to report it so that it's on file and record for the customs office. So that if someone comes across the border with your stuff, they can flag it and say, you're not an official licensor or licensee of this product and you can't bring it across. However, because the U.S. office did not follow that last step, Steve, the outlaw, was able to bring in all of this product from Europe to the U.S. and sell it over here, right? Any thoughts on that, Sean? (laughs) I mean, what really was, because the business grind, right? So what was going on in my head was thinking about the cost of the flights back and forth from Europe right? for all of this. You know what I mean? That's kind of where my mind went a little bit is like, what is the overhead on this venture? Mm -hmm. And, you know, clearly he's an entrepreneur, right? He's um he found this niche market and he found a supplier that no one else could get their hands on right, right. in the u.s right so right 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 yeah so my thing is the way they were telling this story i just feel like there's things missing right so he says that the you know he was like at, how did he find it like does that 
Well, there's so many questions I have. All right. First, on the customs side, he says the customs agent was like, well, if if they're not smart enough, if the U.S. office isn't smart enough to handle their business and report their trademark, then I'm not going to bust the chops and just was letting him go all willy-nilly. That was one. I was like, okay, that... I'm Sure, why not? But then, going to Europe, no connections. No, you just... Like, it's not, it's not like you were just looking for a place to stay. You're out here to move product, <laughs> right? I'm just like, no, you didn't go, you just walked up to the factory and they just willingly said, let's give this stranger product and things like that. Something else was going on here. That's my conspiracy theory had going on. I mean, it's not, it's not a wild conspiracy theory. What yeah. incentivized these people to help you? Exactly, exactly. It can't just, it, for me, it's, for me, it would be hard to, Except that it happened just because these people wanted their work and designs to be recognized. It's like, hey, make millions off my designs. I just want to be recognized by the community in the U.S. because I, my stuff can't go over there. I don't know. That doesn't sound totally linear on up and up to me, right? Yes, for sure. Now, before we, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about the U.S. Pez, um, right, right, uh, CEO, or, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But market, yeah. do you think the company itself allowing this loophole to like be there, or like you know, was it was it a kind of a negligence for such a big company? Do you oh, think? for sure, it was very negligent, ridiculously negligent, for sure, without question. Like, and we see this a lot. We see this with a lot of big companies that you know, it, no one is perfect. There's always going to be some type of oversight. Or something that, oops, we didn't do. And, you know, Sean, I know, you know, I think we can both speak to our own respective experience in in this industry. We've we've worked with some major corporations and even we've been like, what's going on over here? How could y'all miss that? Right. So um, it was definitely negligent on the on Pez's part for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So but now even more layers. Um, you know, no trademark is, is registered with customs and office and, you know, and it seems like the European offices was more than willing to help him out and supply him with the product he need. And now he is, he's big dog in the peasant community, right? He is, Mm -hmm. he is out here. He's selling these things at high markups. Um, you know, he's making hand over fist a lot of money. You know, he's he's out here. He's making a lot of money. And he's on the radar of the U.S. Pez people, right? <laughs> yeah. And and in comes uh, Mr. Um, what's his last name? Um, McWinney. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, McWinney. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So All he right. comes into the picture. So now he's on the radar of the U.S. folks. And they're trying to, you know get him or get at him and, and shut him down and i'm i'm watching this and i'm like i have again more questions because it was kind of like an open secret right it's like he's on the radar of the u.s offices and authorities he's in this community like he's known in the community as having the exclusiveness and the good stuff he's on news shows doing news segments about his past business his past collection um, there's a newsletter that gets circulated. There's a guy who runs a Pez newsletter. He's all up in there. He's advertising that he has the exclusive stuff from Europe. 
This guy even had a business at one point of up to six full-time employees <laughs> making all his money. So it's not like he was trying to be discreet, right? Nah, he wasn't low at all. He was <laughs> he was very high with it. <laughs> he was not low at all. He didn't learn any of it. So he 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 brought he brought stuff. He brought the horses for his wife because his wife loved horses. Had the farm. His son. You know, he was out here. He was he was really on Front Street. But then I have questions about this whole time for me at least. It's like from the U.S. I just didn't understand why the U.S. didn't finally just file the legal paperwork and go through the process necessary to shut him down. I'm thinking out loud that probably would have been the easiest or fastest, most efficient approach, right? Like, you know, he's going on these trips. Just shut him down when he come back next time and he can't sell our product. But they don't do that, it seems, right? Yeah, they never pull that trigger. And I don't know if it's a thing where... If they do that, if it's not worth the cost, but it has to be because this guy's making making tons of money making doing it. Making tons so. of money as a full time staff, the whole shebang. I can only assume it it was it started becoming a pissing contest. Is the reason why? Yeah, like it was pride. So he's like, if I yeah, it was pride, right? It was, I feel like it was pride, and like you know, it'd be too efficient to do it that way. It's like, nah, we gotta really get him. Right, like we gotta really get him and embarrass him. Uh, so then we we find out that the U.S. company starts hiring private investigators to follow him when he going to Europe, and you know, there's all these espionage type trips to get these products out here, right? Um, and that was that was a little cat and mouse game for a long time, and then I forget what was the final final blow. I'm I'm drawing a blank. I'm. What was it, the? It, well. No, not not when he started his own. I don't want to jump to when he. Okay. I want to. Yeah. Okay. I want to go to the part where his Pez business as a whole stopped, because there was something that they did to just shut him down at one point. Um, and I'm drawing a blank right now. I don't even believe this. I literally just so. He was doing good. He was doing the mo- making money, all of that, and it started getting crazy. The people in Europe, oh, yes, so people in Europe started. Yes, that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that was a that was a bad one. Uh, but yeah, the people in Europe, it, st- it started being coming hot. So the U.S. office, whatever they were doing, were putting pressure on the European office. Like, how are you working with this guy in X, Y, and Z? So now all the people that he was working with, you know had to be like you can't come here I, I don't know you you've never seen me like everybody started dissing in themselves and you know from him and basically his supply dried up basically his connect was gone right um yeah they took the plug from him. <laughs> <laughs> which is wild that was wild too and you know they took they took they definitely took the light in that would you call this a bootlegger you know i wouldn't i would call it because a bootlegger they're manufacturing their own, right? Isn't that, at least in my mind. Okay. So this is more of like a smuggler. A right? smuggler. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Well, he did, in my, there's another part where maybe the bootlegger title would be more appropriate. So, okay. Okay. So, he, you consider him a smuggler. Okay, that's fair. I'll give you that. So, essentially, his business was smuggling uh, Pez expenses from the, <laughs> on the European market that wasn't available to the U.S., getting them in, selling them at high margins, high profits, 
and then creating essentially a whole business on, on this advertisement, trade shows, news segments, and so forth, right? So then yeah. he gets mm-hmm. then he gets chopped down. The European office is like, we can't mess with you no more. They're making it too hot for it. So then the well dries up. So then what does he do, Sean? Well, that's 94 we're talking about where he starts deciding to create his own. Is that what yeah, you're Yeah, to? yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Like, yeah. So he starts, then, <laughs> then he starts becoming a, a bootlegger. Then, <laughs> now he's a bootlegger, right? Okay, so now he's a bootlegger. Uh, and how does he become a bootlegger? He essentially goes to the pretty much the same factories that the Pez um, was manufacturing their stuff and the distributors and whoever was, you know, doing their cards and all of this type stuff. And yeah, he really borrowed their whole pipeline. You saw, he, <laughs> you saw the map graphic where it's like Taiwan is where they're being manufactured right. and then blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. He really just jumped in their own pipeline he but. just like really just tried to gorilla take over the whole pipeline and said i'm going to the same people but using the same designs and cards that um that pez was using for their own products and i think really the main difference was the designs of the dispensers like he had different heads or you know stuff that were not part of the style guide and aesthetics as pez and different themes, different yeah, themes. like Christmas, whatever else, yeah. Right, right. And then uh, kind of went back in business um, and started doing it under his own uh, collection. So then Pez <laughs> finds out about this, right? Uh, and then at one of the main shows that uh, was happening, toy shows and uh, collector toys and, and collector shows and so forth, you see that Pez has their own setup. The, they bring out all the bells and whistles, this elaborate setup mm. to make his look small time. Make his so go ex- back to what you're saying about the pissing contest, right? Right, right. They, this, I feel like this was, because I just feel like at this point, it's like Big Bang, like who, who can piss the longest? I just, like, what are we doing here? So then, yes, Pez sets up their own huge display of these new Pez called Misfits that are essentially uh, the Outlaws designs, but under the Pez brand called Misfits, which I guess you can also say, well, was it ever Steve's design since his original designs was based on the Pez designs, right? And not only do they have their own setup, it's literally looking like close to identical, uh, but they're also selling it for cheaper, way cheaper than what, they're selling it for less than how much it cost Steve to make. I remember Steve said it took him like, he was able to make his for about $5 a piece and sell it for about $25 mark at, at $25. And meanwhile, Pez was selling this for $199. So right then and there, uh, crushed him, the whole business, everything dried up. That was it, end of the business as we've come to know it as his Pez business, right? So that was pretty much the whole uh, shortened version of his timeline, yeah? Yeah, and not only did they, like, undercut him price-wise, but you you noticed that their packaging, like, gave more uh, actual candy than the <laughs> than the regular, than his packaging did. So, like, they right. undercut him on the dispenser and on the candy. So it was right. a real ruthless uh, corporate... Uh, bullying. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot going on. It was a lot going on. So, you know, when I first saw this movie, I, uh, documentary, I just wanted to watch it because the title intrigued me. And then I was like, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a business, uh, 
there's a business element here, you know, uh, that I thought was interesting. So that's when I had hit you up about it. So, yeah, what are your thoughts overall on the business side of this? So um, I think it's interesting. Uh, He was he I think there was a point in time where he could have quit while he was ahead. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you agree with that or if he was always destined to be, you know, taken out by the bigger conglomerate. But Uh, I think there was a point in time where he could have, like, cut his losses and made it out with the profit more than instead of being in debt at the end. You know what I mean? Listen, that I do agree. I all I kept thinking about, you know. I just kept. I just can't understand why he couldn't lay low. That was really my thing. I was like, "Oh my god, this seems a little bit like too much of a good deal," uh, and maybe he should have quit while he was ahead. Um, but you know, hindsight is always, you know, what they say, right? Uh, but I totally agree. He, I would have probably quit while I was ahead in that regard. And the fortunes did change dramatically on him, right? He went from yeah. multimillionaire and staff six and doing all this to essentially being back in debt and not really having, um, you know, going back to the life he had before he came to such prominence and fortune, right? Yeah. But yeah, and he was able to, you know, it, it's commendable to be able to employ six people, right? Like that for sure. Yeah, as an entrepreneur, oh, like sure. that's. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. at the same time, it became more about him and his battle mm-hmm. with the U.S. Uh, past guy than the business, I think. It right. almost became personal right. more than the business thing. Agreed. And so that was another mistake. Like, it was letting it become too personal. Like, it definitely, you know, I'm, they tried to paint the Pez outlaw, like, I don't know, simp- like as a sympathetic character, right? I didn't dislike him. I didn't, I didn't say i don't dislike him at all but there was some points where i was like uh he might have thought he was bigger than what he was or you know maybe the ego was getting a little bit big you know what i mean um, the movie definitely wanted us to feel sorry for him wanted him to be the underdog and the and the guy we root for uh-huh. but i think as business people we're looking at it differently a little bit right, like right. yeah we we understand the heartstrings y'all are pulling at but look at the decisions he made to get there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then I think for me, one thing that really I think I kind of wrestled with was the the thought of ideas and innovation, right? Uh, especially, I don't know if it's just now or if I'm just more aware of it, but, you know, that term gets thrown around a lot. Innovation and building on things. And, you know, for me, I had to think, well, Where's the fine line between innovation and just straight jacking someone? Piracy, <laughs> right? yeah, right? right. Like, where does that where's that fine line? Because in order to innovate, you have to build on stuff that was already here and already provided to you, and things that already exist. And anyone who thinks that they are just innovating without any reference to the past is out of, is ridiculous, in my opinion. But so, well, where is that line, right? Now, in this case, the dude was smuggling a product and making money, and that's, that is what it is. And then he became a bootlegger, 
or one could say an innovator, <laughs> right? Because he right could... <laughs> because he did d design a bunch of as um, designs himself. Like you, you see the creativity, you see the sketches, you see right. that he's put in his. He's not just you know he's putting his heart and his uh, creativity into it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I don't want to invalidate that. Right. Sure. There, so there is some innovation, but you know there was a lot of liberties taken along the way to get to that point. And I you know that that I think that's what I really was thinking of, about because. You know, where's that fine line? And then when you do innovate and, you know, especially when you start talking about intellectual properties and patents and stuff like that, like who gets the credit and, you know, how much do you have to do for it to be considered an innovation? You know, I went through a whole a whole rabbit hole about that. And then I start thinking about music and especially sampling of music and, you know, stuff like that. So uh, it was quite, quite the, the thought exercise as I'm watching this uh, documentary. So, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think a happy end uh, in alternate universe, a happy ending to the story would be he got hired by the company <laughs> that designed Pez dispensers, and uh. they they were, you know, they thought his his uh, entrepreneurial spirit was impressive or something. But instead of this battle that ultimately crippled him as a business, there's there's no happy no happy ending in these type of stories, Sean. We see too many of these at this point. That could have been right. nice though. We, that could have been nice, but at that point, it was so much egos going on in that story that there was not going to be a happy uh, conclusion at least where they both were in harmony right like there's no way Steve the outlaw would have took a job with them and I also just don't think after they crushed him would even be like well why do we even need him right or something like that but I sure, guess you they already beat him yeah mm -hmm. exactly exactly so yeah so, oh man, but I, I enjoyed it. Did you, any thoughts overall about it? Um, you know, outside of the business aspect? Overall, if we're just grading it, you know, as judging as a documentary, um, mm -hmm. I think it was like a, a, a strong C. I mean, okay. it was still, I feel like I wanted to hear a little bit more, this may sound crazy to some people, but I wanted to hear a little bit more on the pet side of things. It felt a little one-sided, and I don't know if you agree, but mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of hear a little bit more about how much of like this was really causing havoc for the business, the the, the, oh, the like, pest company. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. It kind of it's kind of like how uh, now a lot of the these businesses that report you know shrinkage and theft as contributing crazy to their bottom line. Like right, like oh right, we're losing so much. That's a good point. I think then more dirt would have came out if that makes mm. it. Yes, I, that, that I does th make a lot of sense, I think more sense, dirt actually. would have came out. I think, because even the people from Pez that they interviewed, the Euro especially the European ones, oh, man, they just gave me shady vibes. <laughs> you know, uh, they act like they didn't know him. He said, I did know you. You know, it, it was kind of wild. And I do think the European, especially the European offices, had more to lose by getting on camera and trying to deny stuff or even doing damage control because at the end of the day, they their offices was the source of where these pe the pe these pest candies was coming from in the first place, right? Right. So it probably was a better strategy to lay low and be quiet. I don't even know why those other guys who did work at the pest European offices uh, agreed to get on. I would have. I would have. You couldn't find me. You wouldn't have been able to find me for this. Uh, it seemed like he did take a lot of pleasure getting on camera and kind of talking in a way that oh. I can't even be bothered. I, we didn't think about this dude that much. He's he's he think he's bigger than what he is. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah, they definitely enjoyed, like, not just tearing down his business, but it seems like the, his image, too. Yeah, uh, like, oh, he wasn't that big anyway and whatnot. Uh, but one thing that the president, the, the head of the U.S. office said that I just totally agree. He was like, this man, <laughs> he, he said, literally, this man was taking out full page ads <laughs> about selling our product that was illegal. Like, I, I totally agree. Like, you can't be that blatant. I just, that sounds wild to me, the, being that blatant with it. So, yeah, I mean, at least just. Continue to go to the shows, the trade show circuits, continue to make your money. But now you are here putting out full-page ads. That that just seemed, yeah, there's... there's you're asking for trouble at yeah, that point. Yeah, at that point. You kind of got to lay low. All right. So, yeah, uh, but overall, like I said, I, I don't agree with your C rating of as a just... It's good content, like, to consume and just... It's an interesting story. But, you know, uh, I think for me it was more about the business uh, dealings that was going on that really intrigued me the most, yeah. Okay, that's fair. So what grade would you give it? Uh, what did you give it, a C? Yeah, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. So I said a C plus, strong I C. I think a C plus is fine. I don't even know what our, our true grading system is. Do we give it, I feel like we give it numbers sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. all right, it, this is a C. It's it's a passing movie, if you want to get some insight on, on some things. And, and a little entertainment, it's not like, torture to watch I, I did enjoy watching it but yeah it wouldn't be hey, you made a good point it was it was short in it, the end. Okay, it was, it was like short as minutes. well yeah like if, if someone was to come to me and say hey let, give me some business movies recommend some business this wouldn't be in my the top of the list but you know it was it was interesting enough uh and just to kind of see uh i i didn't even know about that side of the world actually with uh, and, and the business of that side of the world so yeah it wasn't mad at it the only final thoughts I think is that um, we kind of should address that you know this ca- this character depends on how law he wasn't a hundred percent there and you, and we don't know if it's like mm. we, we started talking about his depression in the beginning mm-hmm. and we don't even know you know they didn't they didn't get into it too much and we don't know how his mental health deteriorated throughout this process mm. right mm. so mm. that could be factored into some of the decisions he made also oh. so it's just like a you know. It's yeah. like a footnote on everything. No, 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 no. That actually, that's a great point. We did, I, I, we talked about it a little throughout this episode, but we didn't, you know, speak to how much of an influence and impact. That is a great point, actually. You know, as I was watching it, I definitely, uh, you can see like when he was high, he was high, but then when he was low, he was all the way low, right? Yep. Um, yep. And and not just him, the health of his wife was deteriorating as deteriorating as well. So definitely all of that had some sort of influence in playing his mental, which again, as we speak, as we talk to it all the time, you know, business isn't just, there's so many elements and, and uh, factors that go into all of this, you know, and, and your choices and how you run a business and whether it's successful or not. And you definitely can't underestimate the, the mental and, and the role that plays, you know? Yeah, if you're not 100 percent mentally, you're not going to make the best decisions. Like that's just how it works, right? And I don't even know who is 100 percent mentally. Uh, mentally, so if you're not 80, maybe you say 80. You got at least be 80 percent there, I guess. Maybe to because yeah, well, yeah, you got to have a passing grade. Right? <laughs> got to have a passing grade. You got to have a C, C plus in the movie, at least, at least. All right, so yeah, so that's that's it. You know, uh, it was a good 
you know, a little short movie documentary, a nice little interesting story going on and some business elements. If you have some time to check it out, definitely worth giving it a, a look, but probably not something that you want to rush to the top, top of your list if you're trying to get into business tomorrow and need some hot inspiration. For sure, yeah, it's not on that. Um, it's not that immediate, but it's a good story and it's interesting to see a little of the behind the scenes working behind this candy company that like we kind of, to see in our whole lives, we've never thought twice about that much other yeah. than the Seinfeld and reference here with All right, so that's a wrap on this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed our review and thoughts on this book. Hopefully it provided you with some value and inspiration as you navigate through your business journey in life. As always, if you have a question you would like us to answer on the show, shoot us a message on any of our social media channels. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share on Spotify and iTunes. See you again soon. In the meantime, keep keep grinding. The Business Grind is for entertainment purposes. Opinions expressed are those solely of the host and guests. Please consult with a professional and exercise discretion before engaging in any business endeavors. I'm out here on the grind. I'm out here on the grind.